us a recap. Beginning of Act One. Uh, so last time we ended, well, it began right at the end of the assassination fight, essentially. Marcus had come out and was like, whoa, hold up, and was saying some kind of magic nonsense. But it turned out the fight wasn't over. Um, before that, some strange half-elf handsome fellow, quite charming if not a bit loud or erratic, but was picking up Earth's dead body, and you guys were like, hey, what are you? Who are you? And that's when the trouble started. The assassin wasn't actually dead. Annie went back into the room and then was locked in there in a silent combat. And then she had a Sticky be like, dum-dums, go help. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was pretty quick combat. Anything special to point out besides the guy that walked through the wall? and She grabbed her sis and ran. Yep. Mm-hmm. Diamond Man didn't work. Diamond Man Because you slapped his diamond out of his hand. Yeah. He just left then, right? He just walked away. Yeah. Went, oh, you tried to blast kind of. him. Yeah. Did blast him. <laughs> you did blast him. Plunked him right out the door. That's Not right. Good. See, that's the thing of important I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Earth was dead. and Minor detail. Yeah, minor detail. You guys... It got better. Yes, started to revive him. Reset his sternum. Annie sang a was it? Did you try to call it a ballad? Gregorian chant. Mm-hmm. And uh, got quite quite the attention. Got a lot of stranger misty eyes. And uh, then in Earth's, he he missed all that action. But in his world, he saw all of the spirit ancestors. They were saying some nonsense about how he was he was done. It was over. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and then the big angry spirit was there. Beat the crap out of ya. That was remains to be seen. <laughs> we got interrupted by an even bigger, angrier spirit, but he seemed to have a lid on it. Turned out to be a dull dorn, according to him. And, uh, yeah, we learned with, some with, stuff. With help from blood? Well, yeah, yeah, that's, I was, that's true. Blood, blood intervened too. Only I forgot that I was I lost, out. and then yeah, yeah and then mm-hmm. blood saved me. You oh, guys mm-hmm. all saved me, and then Doldorn helped get him yes, on yes, under yes. wraps mm-hmm. from the chain of events. Um, he mentioned some things about a scroll because we asked him, "What did you do?" Mm-hmm. And all he said was, "The scrolls enact or, uh, have great po- great power, but enact a great toll or something of the sort." Can't mm-hmm. exact words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something of the sort. And then uh, he opened his one gross eye, and it was full of stars and stuff. And crazy lit. And then you guys revived me. And helped get the sword out of my chest. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this serrated? <laughs> Why are you wiggling it? <laughs> I dropped it. Ah! <laughs> Blood. Just... <laughs> um... And then we were told by some little spy of somebody that the crown was going to be mm-hmm. there soon. You know, the halfling of some... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Report. A bunch of guys in armor, that stormy, hammered guy showed up, and we rode with them to the castle, where we met with the king and queen. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of caught them up on what we were doing, and then... They were going to protect us. They were, yeah, because we told them we were being assassinated, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And they had to have us file a formal complaint against... Mr. Marquis. And then when we did, 
Mm-hmm. He was all like suave, politico, trapped the king into saying what he wanted about us not being criminals, and then he levied a whole bunch of crimes against us, thanks to slimy worm number two, mm-hmm. Eklund. Eklund. Little bitch. Well, I mean, technically, the uh, D. Tharland didn't levy them against us. They had been levied against us. They In Ackerstone. Kind of dug it up. Earth would have punched Norman if he said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, that's... <laughs> so I started punching. <laughs> Eldritch beast. <laughs> uh, let's add a crime levied here as well. I'm going to murder him. <laughs> yep. Um, yes, so in- essentially all these crimes against us in Eggerstone as well as well as Earth's uh, military record. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh shit, well, you know what? We have a job for them and we need them, so we are going to send them to Eggerstone to see this stuff through. Recommend that they be put under our care or something or forgiven so they can see to bigger business mm-hmm. and we need to Begin send an emissary and then they heard I'll do it please let me go <laughs> from up on the balcony and Elsbeth is like yeah dad and he was like no and she's like yeah and he's like no and he was like mom she was like yeah he was like yeah that's that's how she would have been over in like five minutes dad and uh, so now we are standing on a teleportation circle, and we're there with Elsbeth, a bunch of those night guys that escorted us from the tavern, mm-hmm. and Eklund is coming with us as well as he's drawing very artistically with his nice little cool... This little uh, bitch. Bitch stick. Bitch stick. He's a very cool, very elegant bitch stick. the circle is cool. He's got a bitch stick. See, and now all I imagine this is the, like... Rat tail from Sweeney Todd because he like flicks out his thing and he goes. And then we exchanged some final words with the Marquis. He said, uh, if the girls weren't enough, that he'll just come deal with us himself next and then soon, and we poofed away. And uh, we ended up on that platform out in a relatively warm. Early morning air, right? You guys appear there, the light of the circle <coughs> dimming. You're in a, an octagonal um, tower of some some sort. And I say tower only because as you look up, you do see a s- ceiling, but it is about 50 feet high. Besides that, the walls are adorned with just beautiful mosaic and art some sovereign host fighting kind of not like photo real spending means but like you know the sort you know all this like you know a demon or you know something like that being like ah tussling with that all that sort mm-hmm. stuff um continual flames here you do immediately sense it is a bit warmer um here though still a bit bit chilly but you are inside or inside right now and there are um Two guards inside. My doors are closed. That starts a bit, and we begin immediately asking questions. To which um, Elspeth comes forward and begins to explain. While you three, if you recall, are in shackles right mm-hmm. now, which, mm-hmm. which the king put on you himself, saying, "I will have none other shackled than I wish I did not have to do this myself." Mm-hmm. Had a moment with each of you, brief as it was. Um, or if you still have your swords on your 
back because uh, they cannot, and, and the whip are around your waist because they because that's a belt. You said uh, no, it's a belt. Proved to me. So I see my other sword. This <laughs> <laughs> <a> fine hand. <laughs> And I think the very, very last thing that happened, like the last thing that happened was um, Eklund, while the hubbub was going on, Elspeth was, was like, calm down, calm, calm, calm down, I'm here, I'm blah, 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 you guys lose sight, or, uh, lose track of what she's saying, because Eklund leans forward during the hubbub and says, I'm sorry for, for all that. And Annie said something to, to the effect of, oh, what, you're sorry for your half-truths and shoddy and investigations? <laughs> and he said, yes. Then think about how that benefits you. And then he stood back up, because just at that moment in time, um, we're a lot better. Yeah, you notice that is gaining some traction here, and the doors are opening up from the outside. Yeah. Oh, and this gal is set with us, too. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, yeah. yes. How civis. Yes. How civis to scribe. So, great point. Even right now, as we speak, she's already... She basically started to write down everything from the moment that she came in to now. It's all shorthand. You can hardly, if if you do catch a glance, you can hardly make sense of it at all. Mm -hmm. Something else that you notice is she'll write like three lines or so, and then the upper lines fade away. So she Mm -hmm. only has one part parchment, one quill, and it's the same type of quill that you guys have, so she can also base on speak, but she's actually faster writing than than it is, you get the sense. Mm -hmm. But since she can use this particular piece of parchment forever. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're you're gathering right now. She's writing Mm -hmm. furious notes. Saved on the cloud. Exactly, it's in the cloud. Um, Skylight's all in the sky. (laughs) Uh, As the doors open up, allowing in no light from outside, because it is around uh, our equivalent 6 a.m. at the, this point in time, and it is winter, so it's mm-hmm. still pretty much pitch, pitch black outside. You see some more torch uh, um, sconces outside, casting some light, and you see several figures walk in right away, and those figures, I should probably put some of these away, we don't need all these things out. I'm going to be one of those things where I go to do it and it like catches the air, comes back and hits me in the face, like as the assassin's final, like, <laughs> final, we'll see them again. Maybe a little bit of the flame. Or maybe we won't. Maybe that's the whole thing. And you see um, several guards walking in, um, similarly dressed to the two that the two that are inside right now, as opposed to the more blue and silver attire that the um, Ceremonia has. These tend to be be wearing a almost bronze highlights and reddish colors. So like these two folks here, several with pikes. Mm-hmm. Spears, and two with with full armor in the sword. So you can immediately see there's a very clear silver and and blue, and more of the bronzish uh, streaks mm-hmm. with red coming in there. In addition to that, our two mithril guard 
that you see here, which you have seen before, and you know the, the reputation for these sorts. The King's Own, in a sense. A dozen uh, of these folks you, you can see uh, see outside, and the two of these walk in. Footsteps, heavy. All the sound dies down, even Elspeth speaking as two Mithilgard walk in. Then all of them part the robe of a dozen or so, heels almost clicking, as through them walks a figure. Who introduces himself post-haste, princess. Ah, it, it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance, princess. I am Kresnik Bisandro, first inquisitor of his august majesty's inquisition. Your mother sent word 40 minutes prior about your sudden arrival. I apologize for my tardiness, but I did even necessary to polish myself in the early morning before presenting myself before royalty. And he bows deeply. Well, at least it ain't old sticks himself. Mm-hmm. Also, that seems to lower her guard somewhat uh, happy that she's interacting with someone of import here, not these two random guards. And she... Um, just begins talking quickly and, and explains, you know, these these what we are here because of, of this, so on and so forth. Here, read this. This this is from the Queen. Still stamped and sealed with the Scrimmineer's seal of approval, the wax you saw her drip and stamp with her own signet ring. Mm-hmm. And Kresnik pops it open and reads it quite quickly. Nods at one point. Opens the book that sort of hangs at his side, opens it up, seems to be comparing something, nods again, and then pulls it back up, drops the, drops the, the book at his side, and so says, I apologize yet again for the inconvenience, but the early hour means that the cause of society have not yet fully begun to turn. I promise that you will get your audience in due time. But for now, perhaps you would like to find rest and respite in the royal palace, or in the fine establishments in the glittering quarter of Silverwood. She nods and says, "That would be kind, actually. Actually, yes, it is early, and I can under understand timeliness on on your end." It's kind of Elspeth you haven't quite seen before. She's really trying to get into this dignitary posi- position here, mm-hmm. um, and so she says, "Yes." President says, I will send an escort with you and your uh, royal dignitaries, he says, smiling at all the, uh, the uh, six folks that, that came with him. I only know two of their names. Um, <clears throat> and he says, while I will personally escort these potential criminals to the House of Questions. Mm-hmm. Elspeth pauses, frowns, and says, I believe that Queen Selene's writing made it clear that we do not consider these three criminals, but potential allies of the court city and all the free realms of the West. Yet they are brought in chains, are they not? Only so you do not feel threatened by them, but I can assure you they do not pose a threat even without them. Kresnik has this sort of pained look on his face, like it hurts him to even say these these words. Uh, Alas, you may not consider them criminals, princess, but 
your parents wisely saw fit to leave that decision in the hands of the Inquisition. They may have turned a new page within your borders, but we need only turn back a few pages to see their crimes within our own. Rest assured, they will be safe in my care. He smiles up at her. If you guys do desire to speak at any point in time, please do. This is not a cutscene, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, per se. That um, comes later. Elspeth uh, flat out says, Oh, well then, I will decline your offer. Kind of cocks his head at, at her and an eyebrow and says, We will all wait in the same place until they're hearing, until the, until the time comes. And I would like to, to be there for that when the time does come. First Inquisitor. They sort of have like a back and forth for like, you know, 30 sec- seconds. Like, like it's not a place where, where you should you don't need to concern yourself with such things, princess. And she's like, I will concern myself with the things I choose to concern myself with. He's like, well, there are many things that a princess like yourself should be doing or any royal dignitary. Elizabeth, don't worry about it. It's going to be a long day tomorrow. You should rest up comfortably. Agristonian politics are all about wagging around their dicks, so just let him do his thing. She looks at you, her bright blue eyes. Earth's also going to lean over to see if she wrote everything that he just said. A little scribbly. Elspeth <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks at you, her, her quite bright blue eyes steal in this moment in time. And she says, you be quiet. I will make myself very plain first Inquisitor I will go where they go the decision is in your hands to do with what you will but as of right now they are my guests even if it is your house President ultimately goes okay then princess as you wish Shrugs and turns and leads the way as you as you guys, you three, your six guards, Elspeth, Eklund, and Sikandra, um, are flanked by two two rows of six of their guards, a two mithril guards staying behind you. Last ones to, to leave as they walk out, and then the two guards that are inside there are going, don't get paid enough, <laughs> close the door, mm-hmm. and you make your way through city. You can see large buildings in the distance, but not the intimidating enormity of the core city. Big? Yes, but you've seen big. What you thought was big before was thrown to the side when you saw Brunheim, and then again when you saw the core the city. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost seems dull and small in comparison to the, to the grandeur that you become accustomed to in less than a week, but it is not even the sun has poked up yet. So your vision is limited very much based on what torchlight you can see that illuminates the barest outlines of buildings. You can you think you can see mountains in the distance, far the distance, and there's just the peaks and there's a slight hint of blue that's just beginning to, to, to appear. Maybe the very, very first signs of the sun still in horror to away before it actually rises. Um, needless to say, this is very late or early, depending on how you think about it. You're all quite 
exhausted, none more so than Earth. <clears throat> I was literally feeling the exhaustion with every step sending pangs of pain, especially through four or five spots on your chest that almost feel like, like they're big knots. You can't quite turn your neck right. So like a poorly planned Jenga tower? <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. The weather is indeed warmer, but still chilly. Uh, small snowflakes on a stiff morning breeze still chill your exposed flesh, but it's a welcome change compared to the winter storm that you just came from. Blizzard. However, you were not brought toward these large, splendor, splendiferous buildings in the distance. Um, actually, the ones that even surround you, you here. You can begin to smell bread be- be beginning to bake, but you are brought away from all this. Away from the walkways of white stone, marble, and ivory, and the warm light flickering in windows. And after about a 20-minute march, so enough, you guys would like to discuss you can but just note that there's no privacy here. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't say anything except for keeping the mouth shut. So wait, is she staying with us, or are we staying with her? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're all staying together. <laughs> yeah, for now. I think the answer that you're getting at is, is revealed when you see that you're moving away from the finer establishments here. Oh, shit. And you reach a <clears throat> a dull single story fairly large um, but single story building of gray <coughs> stone awesome. and wrought iron bars all the windows and doors the house of questions a sign that says um, not fancy scrawl <laughs> but very plain uh, actually made of wrought iron Letters stamped into a sign. They're being brought, all of you, to the House of Questions, the headquarters of the Aristonian Inquisition. You are brought inside to a foyer lit by torches along the walls in dark iron sconces that curl and twist and have spikes at the bottom and spikes on the sides. Already, uh, an uninviting place. It is not a warm place. Uh, there are no welcoming rugs, cabinets, no decanters of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, only a desk where an old woman sits making making notes in some large tome. She, she dips her quill in the ink and writes more. She looks up and Kresnik greets her and says... I will be bringing three potential criminals in for questioning later. But for now, they'll be occupying a holding cell. She nods and takes note as he says your names. Sorry, Ahura, Yarin, Young, Perfiel, Steelstorm. She nods and writes that down as well. Presnick, the first Inquisitor, turns and says, Lady Elspeth, unfortunately, foreign military powers cannot enter past here. It is not the likes, another place the likes of which a princess should be. I strongly suggest that you and your guards wait up here. And he steps to, to the side, opens a finely carved wooden door. 
and inside you see a few continual flames alit and a small hearth that is set and illuminating some light and and heat within a chimney that apparently comes up to the top. There's a large mahogany uh, table in there and nice curved mahogany chairs with cushions on them. A bit of splendor in a place that is otherwise so austere and and void of decorations. Clearly some sort of meeting room. Agreed. They're coming for us. They're early. Position. Position's coming. Um, Elspeth looks unsure about this, but looks to you guys. She looks back to Kresnik and nods. Stayed worse. And says, uh, I agree, but what do you mean foreign military cannot pass? I sense hidden meaning of that. This. Oh, to be clear, I do not mean me to hide anything from you, princess. These three will be brought below to be holding some. You are welcome to remain here in the House of Questions in this room. It is past this this foyer here where you cannot pass. I'm sure you want to understand. She kind of looks at Eklund and looks at, at Amalgus, for who's there as well. And they kind of nod like, this makes sense. We would do the same same thing. And she looks back at Krasnick and says, on the condition that their belongings are kept here with us. It's not your place to be digging through them and invading their privacy. And I will be summoned when any formal inquisition begins. Not ten minutes in, but before. First Inquisitor nods, agrees, and the court city guards begin to enter this meeting chamber with your belongings, your packs, your sacks, your sack sisters. Um, <laughs> at the end, they just begin to place them gently, res- respectfully. The man will kind of just confuse, like, are they criminals? Are they allies? I'm kind of lost myself here. So they just are happy to drop your stuff there, and Elspeth and Eklund walks in. Door closes. Oh, I'm sorry. Before the door closes, uh, Presnick says, uh, a reminder. No weapons, obviously, can pass through here. So anything that you have hidden is in your best interest to surrender them now. I don't have anything. It looks like a back. It looks like you're waste. Ain't hiding nothing. You understand, surely, that I cannot let you proceed past here with those items. If we're no threat, then what's the problem? I feel like I need to explain. Just. He's cursed with the sword, so it kind of has to stay with him. such things. Blessing, don't worry. Well, as difficult as it may be, we will have to remove them from you. 
and I hope that you do not hold it against us if force has to be applied to this job. Griff, can't you just hand him over for a little bit? I guess this is the first time it's ever been forcefully tried to separate from me, so I don't know how the curse would actually feel. So you want to describe to me like that? Yeah, you don't, I mean, it depends on what you do. What is going to be completely unarmed going to do for us? Hmm? Just trying to follow what they say so we can get this over with as quickly as possible. You see the Inquisitor matches a, 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 a line in the air. His eyes glaze over and turn blue for a stay blue. A nice little pulsing action. He looks and says, Ah. Uh, you are not without as well. May I? Yes. Comes toward you, puts up a hand, and, and your stone becomes visible in his hand. You kind of feel like you just forget it's there, visible flying around mm-hmm. your head, but you feel it. It's just still attuned to it technically, but you don't you don't get any benefits because he takes it from you. That isn't a weapon. Understood. May I? If you must. It's the same to you. May I? I don't have one. Oh, that's true. You don't have one. You're correct. See? It's in my that, bag, that but... That wasn't hard. And he hands them to Eklund, who takes them over. Mm-hmm. Your ring on your finger, sir. All of them? All of them. Even the regeneration? I can't keep that one. Any implements that you have, magical or otherwise, leave them here. That's a pawn shop. Eklund takes them all. Eklund says, Raphael, if if it helps at all, I will take the swords from you. I hand him the Dragon Slayer one, no problem. And I'm going to ask Blood, what do you think? This seems folly. Human trickery. Entrapment. You're smarter than the rest of the people in here. I'm going to try to hand over blood to him. And say... It'll just be for... What's the range on the snap thing? I think you can send it 30 feet from you. I think I can call back 90 feet. 90 feet. Okay. We're going to be further away than that. I'll be nearby, and I'm going to try to give him the sword. You find that you physically can't let go. However, Kresnik says, forgive me. Grab him, and the two metal guard seize you. And we can start rolling dice if you would like to resist. I mean, at that point, like, if, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to give it to him, and he's attacking me, so. Okay. Roll uh, athletics or after backs check. Oh, boy. Minus four. So, 
plus 10, so plus 6, so plus... So 23. 23? Yep. Yeah. Um, one of them does grab you around here and grabs... Actually, he's not even grabbing your neck. He's just grabbing your arm that's extending. His big, hulking, forming armor grabs your arm. Yeah, yeah I'm still chained together, one. so... Yeah, yeah the <laughs> other one tries to. You just <clears throat> bash him. Yeah, then we're going <clears> to <throat> try and peel your fingers off the sword. Okay. Like to make another check? Mm-hmm. Just to, just do it. I'm not sure what the actual disarming rules are, but that's what the fight. So just do an, another athletics check. Uh, what did I say? For six, so 16. 16? Yeah. They actually do. Pulls it up. But you had no targets left, you said, because it hit swung for six times. That's why it didn't attack anybody else. I think so. When does the new day start? After, it's really like after a, sh- a rest. Which okay. you don't have, but gotcha. So it's not not yet. It's okay. Never mind. Short of time. Okay, but mm-hmm. I will say that you try instinctively. You mm-hmm. try, yeah. and there we go. Nothing is happening, and they peel your hands up, and it comes down and falls. <coughs> and then I'm gonna cough and struggle, and they unspool the whip. And once they get him away from you, and Fairy and Eklund takes them and goes, you begin to not have such a visceral reaction. It's the okay. act of parting with them that is an anathema to you. You don't like being apart from them, but you can physically be apart from them. Gotcha. It's the act of like dropping it. This is the hard part, but once you get yeah. over the hill, it's kind of like, how long till I get them back? But it's not like, exactly. get them back! Exactly. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. You're not a mindless beast. You just can't let go of it. Gotcha. They have to take it from, from you. Okay. So... That happens, causes that a bit, well done. bit of stir. <laughs> um, even you're like, you know, tempted smooth jazz that you do. Like, All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the fuck's he doing? Going there. Elspeth says, Earth, calm down. What are you What are you doing? Eklund says, I'll explain. I'll explain. He said, Clicky closes. Eklund closes the door. Last thing you see is just him holding on to the, the whip and the sword. He's closing the door and just looks at you all in the eye. You kind of just feel your muscles bulging and then relaxing a bit. Inquisitor says, Will you play nicely now? It all depends on you. Let us go. Begins to lead you through a closed door past the, the desk. You are in a hallway with arched wooden doors on either side. Most of them closed, but a couple of them, a couple of them open or aren't cracked open. And you see um, people here, scribes or workers, some in simple um, attire, but most wearing similar garb or, or, or pin that he is wearing, marking them as members of the Inquisition, if not Inquisitors themselves. Um, so these seem to be offices here that you're walking past. Leads you down the end of that hallway, down a stone staircase that branches into other stairwells and floors. And it becomes clear why the building is only one story above. It's clearly quite expansive downwards rather than upwards, very inverse to what you've been used to in the court city. You go down past floors that have vacant holding cells that are large and barred. And you continue down. 
I see plenty of fine accommodations we can stop at at any time. <coughs> yes. Well, we're not yet. After all, you three did break out of a fairly secure garrison. I have little doubt that a place like this could keep you up. So we're taking you somewhere more secure. So three levels below ground to a series of metal doors with reinforced iron bands and three locks on each. One of the um, guards that come with, not the Mithril guards, the Mithril guards are basically right on your elbows in case you, you try and not touching you, but near you. Um, guard uh, comes. Up right there. Just, oh. <laughs> right in the Produces <laughs> <laughs> uh, three keys and unlock, unlock, unlock. It's a d- different key for each lock. The locks indistinct from each, other, from each other, as are the keys, other than the fine teeth on them. This opens up the room. Kresnik stands to the side, has his book in hand, and gestures in for your three to enter. I'll walk through first. I'll follow. Slowly slug myself in there. It's clear that this room is only meant for one person. There's not a cot nor a bench, just a gradual sloping floor that leads to a fine mesh. Great. You imagine for the lithium liquid waste, you do mm-hmm. see one small bucket in the opposite corner, thankfully void of what you can imagine that is intended for. No cot, mm-hmm. no bench, no anything else. The door closes loudly. <laughs> you hear and footsteps, light footsteps walking away, not the heavy metal claim you expect of the Mithlin Guard if they left. Mm-hmm. There is a slit, a little that, that can open or close, but does not open. You are left in, in a room that its total summation is maybe the size of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Or soon lean against the door and slide down to his on his butt. How are you feeling there? Uh, like death? <laughs> That's what Norman said last time. Like death. That sounds about right. Yes. I'm going to just cast a healing word on him at second level. Does that require any material components? I think it's just. I don't I think, think the so. healing's supposed to. I think uh, yeah. touch the uh, heal, uh, cure wounds, cure and, wounds and no one doesn't either. Oh. Yeah, I'm I pretty sure that. it's just verbal. It might be semonic as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess um, we're not like. Or just right. verbal or like healing yeah. word. Yeah, the oh, that's that's a great point. Um, no, I didn't, didn't didn't say it. so. Okay, yeah, so that's verbal. That that works. Hundred yeah. percent, that works. Healing word makes sense. It'll just be a verbal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So right now you're still wearing the same shackles that that the king had put on you. A marker? Oh yes, yes. Marker. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No worries. Okay, I, just, I was gonna take you there. I said no. That's where you grab. And that is ten. Perfect. And I'm still Wait. under the effects of the curse, even though I'm not. Oh yeah, you guys are still attuned. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. You're attuned to your things, but you don't gain the benefits 
from them. So mm-hmm. it's like ring of regeneration. Yeah, it's that's working. <laughs> yeah, you can choose to 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 unattune from them, bring anything you want to right now. But physically being apart from it, as close as you are for a short period of time, doesn't break the unattunement. Otherwise, you'd take up your ring and be like, "Fuck," you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Never should have showered. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No, it's not much, but every little bit helps. Yeah, I'll say mine. How are you doing, Ari? I'm surviving. I'll be, you know, about half the man that I normally am, but, you know, better than some of us at the moment. Yeah, well, at least I'm alive thanks to you guys, right? I'm saying, I'm yeah, but yes. And it depends on how this goes, you can thank us or not. Yeah. <laughs> well, this ain't your fault. Hmm. No, but here we are. Did the scribe come down with them, too? No. Mm-hmm. As far as you know, you are alone in, in here. Um, Only two people are eavesdropping are the Mithril Guard. Presumably you didn't hear them clanking away. Mm-hmm. They don't have a life anyway, so don't matter if they hear what we say. I've never seen their helmets off. I'm not convinced they're If you don't want to, mm-hmm. trust me. There's a reason they go for that outfit. <laughs> when are you getting one? <laughs> Is I'm far too pretty to join their order. <laughs> and at this point, I would be all oh, still very drunk. Yep. All of this stuff that came back, I'm like. Mm-hmm. Oh, like his scars and stuff? Like, yeah. 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 He's extremely. Mm-hmm. Even with the healing magic stuff that closed them up, the scars are still puckered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take a look at these. Like, scars that popped open. I'm curious about those. Yeah, about that. I didn't hurt you guys, did I? Uh, I have a bruise around my neck. I'm like, not really. It's a different night. Not as much as sometimes. Oh, shit. (laughs) What happened? I wish I knew how it worked, but... It seems... Like, whatever the hell is going on. The angry one. Dolgrimash, I learned his name, by the way. Dolgrimash? Yeah. Sounds like a meal you'd have around the campfire. It does. You don't want to eat this, trust me. Whatever he's been eating. But, turns out he, he doesn't think he needs me anymore. So if he sees an opportunity like that, he's going to take it, I guess. Hmm. Perhaps that is who we've had the uh, pleasure of being acquainted. I think so. Pleasure. You use, use funny words, Darwin. I, uh... Diplomacy. <laughs> well, you were out, too. There was this... Did we tell you about the guy who took your blood? He seemed to be searching for you. Look. Oh, no one. He had a weird glove, and he like. He oh, the one who kissed me. Yeah, 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 yeah kissed that one. Mm-hmm. What about? He him? knew you by name. He asked if it was you. Yeah, I didn't get much information out of him. So I'm kind of candid. I oh. didn't recognize him. Not a bad kisser, though, as far as I'm concerned. Again, I've had worse. Next time I see him, I'll make sure to seven. look like you. Six, seven women. Eleven, <laughs> twelve, and there's only three. <laughs> be 
my notes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, he kind of just kind of scurried off after that. And... Well, it's the court city. It's full of all sorts of weirdos. Yeah, but it's... Weirdos know. that know you by name? I mean, the assassins knew us. It's true. I he suppose. said he'd been tracking you down for a long time. Mm-hmm. Even help us bring you back. Uh, guys, I'd be honest. If I knew anything, I'd tell you. I'm sure, but I don't know. Just keep an eye out for him. I'm just a little, a little concerned. I mean, of all the new people well. I met that night, he was by far the friendliest. So I'm not necessarily worried. And he did help bring you back. It's true. It's How bad could he be? Right? I should buy him a drink. Probably should. You should buy him a drink. <laughs> I would, but I don't think Marcus wanted us to stay. Fuck Marcus. <laughs> Did I misunderstand that he knew the assassination was going to happen? I don't think he knew, no. I just think I he think so. would not get in the way because you're not supposed to. Yes. But he was paid off? Yeah, no, he was going to be paid he's for going to be damages. the damages. Right? Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, because mm-hmm. he said, you can damage my, my place nothing. She said, we are already depositing a thousand gold in your mm-hmm. account. Okay, I took that as, you know we've already deposited, like, like they mm-hmm. paid him ahead of time for like, we're going to kill people in your interest. It was more of a, Marcus, you're guild. you know how this works. Gotcha. We'll, we'll do mm-hmm. damages and we'll pay for, for them and then some, so don't okay. fucking get, get, get involved. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Well, at least they can't get us in here, right? Mm-hmm. Hope. Might be as if they could. What? I don't know. We'll see what happens. What happens? All they have against us is a bunch of bullshit and half stories. Yes, but that hasn't prevented them from doing stuff before. Should we rest up? As much as well as, I suppose. Take shifts. Mm-hmm. I think you should sleep first, no matter what. Agreed. You look like hell. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Not so seven, bad yourself. All seven layers of it. <laughs> Alright. If you guys want to get some shut eye, we can do that. Might as well. They have energy for whatever's to come. I'll stay up first. All right. Cozy on up to the pee hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, I would just yeah. lean my head back against the mm-hmm. door that I'm leaning against and try to get some sleep. It's not hard for, for you, mm-hmm. especially a lot's happened and you, you, part of you wants to think and ponder, but your mind just goes right to, to sleep. I mean, you're a little bit harder to come by that. Your analytical mind thinking, oh, I'm glad I'm not dead, but some things are worse than that, and I've seen what they can do. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you roll over and find yourself asleep as well, and you sit uh, quietly as you, you can, in your bardic form, um, feeling a distinct lacking of some part of, part of you. But knowing that you do have another part of you, which I assume it grew it's in a pocket dimension, uh, yeah. Strip my yeah, it was in a pocket dimension. Yeah, I probably would be singing softly to myself. 
impartially to them to make them sleep. Good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, sexes. <laughs> hey, them stars. Okay. How long are you going to let them sleep for before you wake them up? We got like three, four hours of sleep beforehand, right? I think you got about three hours of sleep because you guys went to bed around midnight. Mm-hmm. Then I would let you at least get three hours okay. so you can hit your short rest. Okay. Sure. Fortunately, the level of tussling that happens enough to break up that. So mm-hmm. you start over again next day. Strenuous activity does break up a short rest, even in no normal D and D rules. Mm-hmm. But it's still a kind thing to do. You would estimate three hours go by. At least you've sung a, f- a, a five-minute song uh, sixty times. So, oh, shit. how do you <laughs> choose to wake up? Norman Earth is sleeping. Snoring even harder if possible than he normally does. Probably, probably needs it. And you do hear the coughing and winces whenever he inhales deep. He also he exhales like a little wheeze. I'll just tap you on the shoulder. I mean, we're all like sausages in one bun right now, so. Ready to switch off? Yep, yep, of course. Enjoy the peak corner. <laughs> I usually do. I will stretch with my feet facing that grate and my head away from it. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. You, when you're like, uh, sleep just taking me. And you've slept on floors, you've slept in many places in your time, so this shouldn't be too hard for you to rest. You go, God damn it. <laughs> As the door opens and earth, you startle a little bit as you just fall back. Immediately, there's like clang, 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 clang of, of boots and, and your eyes snap open. And they're like looking to like, what the hell are you going to do? And you're just like, I can see up your skirts. <laughs> they grab you fairly roughly. And hold you up, which immediately sends as they pick you up off the ground for mm-hmm. a moment. It's like extending your sternum, and it, you can still feel there's probably several fractures still through it that will heal in time or hairline cracks. I don't wake you up in the morning. Mm-hmm. They, um, uh, not having the key to your. Shackles uh, does not stop them from reshackling them, which mm-hmm. maybe makes sense. Who knows what mumbo jumbo? The, 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 this might maybe be a ruse after so all. Putting shackles on our shackles. Um, well, the ones that you guys had on were fairly comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. they were a pretty large um, thing there. These ones remind you more of the ones that you were in when Buddha mm-hmm. shackles. So a nice. The ones bar. that broke so easily last time. <laughs> It's about a foot and a half. It's about a foot, 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 a foot and a half long, just a little bit um, shorter than the chain lengths, and mm-hmm. a firm rod right there. And they clap you first. There. Um, do do the same to you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, fairly roughly, this part of town. So um, you do not see Kresnik. You only see the four now, Mithril Guard, that are here, and four of the other um, Guard, the more 
commons with the, the pikes. They're standing back. The Mithrar are doing the heavy, heavy lifting, though. Literally, in your case. <laughs> they then wordlessly turn and lead you all. Um, two hands on on you, frog, frog marching you by the elbows, one each for you two. I have to piss. <laughs> Had your chance. Didn't you see the grate? I was just wondering which one of you was going to shake it for me. <laughs> Feel the grip on your elbow tightening. Not that one, not that one, not that one. <laughs> you. <laughs> they lead you uh, up two flights of stairs, but not the same ones you came down, of course. It wouldn't quite be that easily. But you imagine you're on the first level of the basement, unless, heaven forbid, there are sub-levels in between the uh, mind begins to shut up that, but it seems like you're back up to the first level. It's still underground, surely. No windows here, just stone walls. Typical dungeon fare. I kind of almost imagine if you meant like a, a human anthill, kind of. It's like... Could be. It's, I don't know, that's what I'm thinking. Could, could be. Interconnected, but it makes sense if you back up and forget it. Well, then you go, um, if you go up those two flights of stairs, the first level, you assume, uh, you're going down a hallway without any adornment. The almost unnaturally smooth floor. The floor here is still stone. Um, it's very, very smooth. You know, most of the floor is fairly smooth, but you can notice, as you, as especially you, your bare um, paws, right? It's, it's very, very smooth, like almost marble. Ah. <laughs> At first, I was like, I don't yeah. oh. Wait, they took your shoes? I don't wear shoes. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hit me pretty hard. <laughs> hey, we have your feet! But you go down this hallway, smooth floor, no rug, no carpet here by any means, down a, uh, to a simple wooden door. As they simply open up the door. Inside is a large, op- a large office. But it's as stuffy and cold as the outside is. Not the usual comfort that you get from the office, despite the fact that a small fire crackles in a hearth. And a few continual flame torches are casting their flickering light around the room to reveal shelves of books and ledgers and who knows what other elements, scales all sorts of little knick-knacky things, but especially books and letters. A small circular table is in the corner nearest the, the hearth, which is pretty much right as you walk in, you can turn and see it in your no, you're no more than five or six feet from it. And at that small circular table, um, in one of the three chairs there sits Elspeth sitting nearest the hearth, um, not in her, her, her armor, like in the picture, of course, uh, brushed her hair as mm-hmm. fast as she, she could to, to come down, but is wearing a, not a, a, a stately dress, but more, but definitely a dress, but one that has um, utility used to it, not made of fine silks, fab- fabrics, but of other burlap sacks, mm-hmm. sack sisters. Mm-hmm. You see, she's trying, she's trying to get warm, she's rubbing her hands, putting over toward these small, um, dimly lit in the, the other two chairs sits Sikandra Sivis and Eklund <coughs> Mithdani. All heads turn to you as you walk in. And Elspeth looks up. She goes, thank, thank goodness. 
Are you well? The boys got some sleep. It was good for them. We did. That's to be expected, I suppose. As much as to be expected. Right. Kind of bites her lip. Why do you look worried? I don't, I don't know. I just don't. This isn't quite the welcome I expected. <laughs> don't worry, we were warm enough. No room not to have each other's body heat in that cell. However, through the chit-chats, you are very quickly led forward, where you see a desk. Um, behind the desk, there's no there's no chair. There's no chair where you normally have a chair. But there are three metal chairs um, in front of it, in a little kind of half-circle type thing. Each one about six feet apart from the other. Oh, thank God we won't get sick from each other. <laughs> Um, three metal chairs are feeling less comfortable than, than the ones that Elspeth and others are sitting in and you are essentially plopped in, into them pushed down and there are chains affixed to them and they quite quickly and quite definitely um, just loop up and clip and your bar there is clipped this side here, this side here so you're essentially in the chair with the bar, keeping you from getting up as well. Your roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. Did not want to do. There are also one other sort of oddity to, the, to, to these otherwise simple, but very sturdy um, metal chairs. Is there's um, the headrest. Like I don't like these ones. They're kind of like this, but the, the backrest comes comes up all the all all the way. Mm-hmm. And there's about a foot or so here of curved metal like this. Mm-hmm. Blinders, in other words. Once you're seated, we can't see each other. Spot, you can't see each other, mm-hmm. and you can't see um, else, Elspeth. All, all you can really see is what's in front of you, this desk, where there's some <coughs> papers, and she is in a scale and, and quill and, and ink and, and whatnot on um, very, very austere and Simple. And again, not lacking a chair on the other side. As you're seated, clasped, um, the door opens up again. <clears throat> you hear one set of footsteps coming in, as well as an odd squeaking sound. Your minds immediately go to stories of torture or starve. Rats are placed on suspects till they confess from the pain, likely to die from disease afterward. Mm-hmm. But the rhythmic squeak is not a rat. It is instead an odd chair with wheels, which is led to the uh, around you, because you're on the left. They're, they're kind of like you guys are sitting here, so they're led around you this way, and it's pushed in. The person pushing this wheeled chair is, is the first Inquisitor, Kresnik, who then stands to the side, back, and almost is back against the bookshelf there, on his book, watching you three ahead. But the man that now sits before you is not enjoyable to behold. Uh, in fact, the rats may have been preferable to this wasteland of human p- potential. This man is 
lacking hair in some place places that which it is is white and at first he seems old he must be quite old then you realize he's maybe not that old but these are scars and lesions on his face burn marks lips that are puckered not from distaste but from burns and scars a, a nose that looks like it's been broken several times you hear a slight sound as you see he has no front front teeth he's got wounds all over him his hands are almost are gnarled reminding you sort of um don't fire when you first met her but not quite as extreme at this point in time figure that sits before you just like this. Cataracts in his eyes, clearly. The man wheezes, and he speaks if, if with, a, with a, a lisp that would almost be, be funny if not for the fact that it clearly comes from several missing teeth, especially the front two. I am Archlector Glockta, head of his August Majesty's Inquisition. I trust that your exposure to the House of Questions was enjoyable thus far. Elspeth replies, It was not bad. Thank you for your hospitality. Have you read my mother's letter regarding... Glockta interrupts the princess. Yes, I have read it. Your queen's idea for a gathering of royalty from all the western realms on the day of son's blessing, on the 15th of Therindor, will be brought before his august majesty in due time, when he awakens. We are not here to discuss that part. <coughs> and you, princess, are only in this room because you demanded to be present. I welcome your presence and personage, but not your participation in the proceedings that are to come. Elspeth uh, quickly begins to retort, but Eklund says over her, That is well understood, your eminence. We are here to watch the wisdom of the Inquisition come to pass. Please note that Queen Selene's letter did not speak only on the matters of a future gathering of great minds, but also on the fate of these three. Note it again, young Madani. And I will only mention that if your princess's participation is merely unwelcome, then yours is outright unwanted. Speak again, and I will have you thrown out of this chamber. There's no response. You can't see. Like, like your face is this wasteland of, of a, a, a human standing before you, or sitting before you here in his wheelchair. But the, the, the lack of response you see um, in, in Inquisitor Glockter, Arch Lector Glockta's eyes looking at Eklund, you imagine, and he smiles. A grotesque grin that makes you wish he was never happy again, this man. As you, he reveals just how many of his teeth are missing but those that he has are not rotten nor are his gums like most toothless beggars and whores that you've seen this man doesn't have the marks of an aged scum being like this he has you could say other marks good his eyes come to each of you in turn now let us Understand this. There is no trial 
is no jury. There is only me. The authority of his majesty is absolute. But make no mistake, within this house the questions, I am king. Your lives are balanced on a scale. And he taps the scale right there. He just kind of does that little wavering thing. That has already tipped to the point of spinach. He puts a finger on it, presses it down from the other end, coming up and kind of coming off the you know, chain a bit. A delicate piece of machinery should not be treated in such a, a, a way. It's well within my right to have you all summarily executed or imprisoned, so you never again see the light of day. You are here to speak your claims against the crimes levied against you. And if you are convincing, then I may be. He smiles again, revealing missing teeth here and several others, cracked lips, scarred, burned face. Merciful. We will start at the beginning that I have. Flips open a folio there and reads from it. What say you three? Destruction of a dock in Hocock. We didn't destroy that dock. We were attacked. By? A halfling. I forget his name, but I remember his pipe that made cranes that shoot fire. And a mercenary company called the Grey Guard, Arch Lector. Is this your defense for this crime? You did not I know what. Okay. Can't look at you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you build these chairs for us, Josh? Make us tinfoil hats. My entire game is all tinfoil hats. <laughs> Anyways. From what I understand, sir, I had only traveled with these gentlemen a short time, but I. N- had also made their acquaintance, and I knew their plan was never for anything to happen, and that came as much a surprise to them as it did to me, and they told me to run, seen as we were being attacked for reasons they didn't even understand. Well, what were those reasons? Do you know them now? With all due respect, Archlector, you did not start at the beginning. What I speak? Oviand Fadrixil and Hector, the proprietor of the Horny Goat, hired me to retrieve a family heirloom that was taken. This led me across the countryside of the, the countryside of the Runwald, where I eventually reclaimed the heirloom with my traveling companions. What was this heirloom? It was a mug. It sprouted endless beer. Oh, I didn't like that, did you? Didn't seem why it was important. <laughs> All details are important. Well, then you should know that Hector hired not one, not two, but three people to betray us and take the mug before we could return it to him. 
Therefore, the company that attacked us was the ones breaking the law, in my opinion. Why would he want you dead if you brought his property back to him? Because he offered to pay us a ridiculous amount of gold for it. Far more than I think he ever intended to pay. He hired a companion that I traveled with to betray us, steal it in the night, and then just pay him. His right-hand man tried to assassinate us in the night as well. I'm sure he had a much lower price tag than what he was offered to us. You know gold is the only thing people care about in this world. I do know this. And yet there cometh about this. Quiet one. What is your involvement? He had little or nothing to do with any of this. Neither did she. <laughs> I came into this countryside. What is that? Is this a different country than... Agristone? No, Ag- yeah, no, Agristone is where we are. The yeah. Runwald is just what they call that western peninsula. Mm-hmm. But is it's it still under the... Uh, it's Agerstone. not under the authority of Cermea, though? No. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I came into Agristone along with a paladin of the court city under the behest of the, well, I would probably know the people who sent me. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the crown? Was it that high up? It was the, th- the three aspects. The three aspects? Yeah, they mm-hmm. had, the court city had been receiving, um, like, Flights to paladins, right? Like, yeah. Like, no, paladins there's are undead, and our, yeah, kind, our an king's undead, doing nothing. And our king, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> so, well, undead, holy warriors, let's send letters and enough came that the three aspects were like, we don't have a lot to send, but mm-hmm. let's check this out. Then they sent Eskel, and Eskel picked to pick you up because mm-hmm. it's still like a good thing for you to be there. People need help. Right. And so I was sent along with a paladin um, to Hagrastone to investigate this undead scourge. Our travels led us to the whatever city has the honey goat in it, is that Tragic Cell? And then eventually to Mead, to Woodbridge, where we encountered multiple villagers who had been besieged by Undead Scourge and had villages taken. We followed the trail that they had mentioned, and that is where I encountered Raphael Steelstorm, and I joined his band of brigade to investigate the Scourge more. And that is where my involvement comes in. And I was simply part of the band, or traveling with him at the time when the aforementioned bird exploded on the dark. So you had no involvement, nor you, in this recovery of an heirloom. No. You were swept up in this dwarf's wake, one might say. Swept up in the proceedings that followed. Quite literally, when I had to jump into the river. Well, that's enough about it. Shall we first and <laughs> The second partial destruction of the Harbor Guildhall in Hocock and murder of one guard commander Carrick in the basement of said establishment. Also not guilty. We went in because a young woman we were trying to transport back home 
Dawnfire. Dawnfire had been taken, and she had nothing to do with anything. In fact, she was blind, had no tongue. Her hands were crippled, her feet were crippled. And they took her and a horse that was dear to the paladin, and they were torturing them, and we nearly meant to get them out. Unfortunately, the horse did not make it. Not to mention the guard commander. Did we kill the guard commander? I think Eskel did. Didn't he? One of you definitely killed him. 100% that guy died. Because it, it was the guy that was in the in the room oh. with with Roach and... I'm pretty sure Eskel did because mm-hmm. Roach and Donfire. And I know exactly. Eskel killed Roach for sure and yeah. then somebody killed... It might have been Karen. me then, but... One of you did, yeah. It, mm-hmm. was, a fight. it, was, it was a very brief fight. Yeah. It was three of you. Okay. Versus him, four of you versus him. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so I'm sorry. What, what did, did he say? Something weird. Uh, or were you just you were just clarifying? I was just clarifying. That. clarifying yeah, that. I, I think we did kill that one guy who was torturing okay. Donfire and killing. They were torturing a young woman who was already tortured and had nothing left to give. Uh, and then you said, unfortunately, the horse did not make it, and he said, not to, not to mention the guard commander. Mm-hmm. So your justification for this destruction and murder is saving a weaker and lesser ally. Yes? Correct. Mm-hmm. The third... Murder of the Magistrate of the Harbor Merchant Guild. Mm-hmm. Now you get to this. Carlo Danida. That was by my hand and by my hand alone. She was trading in a unsavory poison. And had it on her person as well. It is a poison that I fear would lead to destruction of many innocent villages, lives, personages, if left unchecked. She, in fact, tried to use it against me as well during that altercation, but ultimately it was I who was able to get the upper hand and struck her down. So you claim self-defense in addition to taking the law into your own hands. She also betrayed us with Hector, our collector. As you'll see, it was not our altercation at her guild hall, but in Fadrixil. No, indeed. It seems that this may blend well with the fourth. Your arrest after an assault and destruction of property in Fadrixen. The Honey Goat establishment partially destroyed. Your arrest taking place. Murder of the magistrate. Several other dead, no doubt in self-defense. Am I to understand you claim no intent in this? You did not enter this horny goat establishment with the intent of murder? You stopped for a pint and ended up with a pint of blood instead. 
Sir wasn't a pint we wanted, just a conversation with Hector. If we wanted to kill people, we would have started killing the moment we walked in. All we wanted was to give him back what was his, talk with him, and have people stop tracking us down to try to kill us. We had been hunted for there were many weeks attempts. at that point. We needed an end to it. A peaceful resolution. Peaceful. For all your notes and papers, you missed the attempt they made on our lives in Bowdoin. And again, halfway to the Catreva Vale. And again, once we were at the Catreva Vale. Mm-hmm. You draw that many blades against me, Arch Lecter. I don't care who you are. What of the barmaid of the honey goat? Will she need have her face rent from her head? I believe I was not there for that. I was upstairs. Well, it seems likely that one of you decided she looked better in two pieces rather than one. That was me. Selector. And she did not stumble in the way of my blade. She did cast some spell at the command of Hector. Without defense again. You have enough friends betray you, and all of a sudden you have to defend against everything. So, yes. I'm sending a tract. We have faith in our midst. Perhaps people are always just better at defending themselves than others. I'll give him a little... He spins a ring on his gnarled, crooked finger. I'll count the fifth. Escape from the Agrestonian Inquisition. Explain this one. You were imprisoned. A legitimate inquisitor there, and yet you escape. Wouldn't you want to escape torture as well? <coughs> or would you just sit and let it happen? He looks at his hands. Shut up. <laughs> no, it's. I will hear you tell me to shut up and I'll be like, no, Earth, I'm not going to shut up. We didn't do anything wrong. We knew it then, we know it now. And we left because we were going to be killed for something that wasn't even our fault. Where is Darbellos? I'm the one asking the questions here. Maybe if he was here, you'd be asking the right questions. You all speak from a place of morality, but morality means little to me. The bit of the law is clear. Though you escaped because it is within your nature, is that the defense I'm hearing? No, because I would prefer to live guilty of escaping than die innocent for things I didn't do. We are being tortured by foreign dignitaries. They allowed the Silver Flame to take things into their own hands. Ah. Charge the Sixth. Murder of an ambassador from the Valinarsi states. Murder. 
Defense, he hunted us down. Hunted and killed one of us. Mm-hmm. An Exorian. Yes, he did kill me. I forgot about that. Your defense? I was literally dead. Aid in the escape of criminal that helped you escape previously. Please should go to him. Repeat back to charge fourth? Torture? Yes. Honestly, we are not above all sense of morality. We simply knew that the means of which she was being communicated with were simply beyond what you deemed acceptable. Exactly. Exactly. We are not above morality, but or we're not above we're not saints, as you might say, perhaps. But when we see wrongs, we try to right them. And ah, there's a different word for that. Vigilante. Justice. Justice. Perhaps. Your defense seems to be summarized in I don't like the ways that things were done, so I took them into my own hands. All fine and good if you have enough power to do so. Mm. And it seems that you did at the time, at several times. But now it is I who have the power. So if I do the same, I'm not necessarily doing what's within my right, like you did what's within yours. We are not attacking you, nor are we trying to take away your livelihood and ability to take care of yourself. My great love for Everstone, that all its citizens are under my protection. Charge the Eighth, destruction of city garrison. Stone to mud, several buried. None killed. You know this to be true? You came and read the reports? what we heard. From where? Around. Isn't it correct? The charge is not for murder. It is for destruction. Yes. Your defense? Or is it see previous defenses? That was, again, my doing. And that was a part of so either go through your wall or go through your men. Walls no. can be rebuilt. Yeah, but it comes down to which one's more expensive. Sorry we didn't kill men that time, huh? Grabs the you know, the scale that when he pushed out really hard, the other day kinda kinda came up and he gently just brings it back down and lets it level itself out. 
charged the ninth abduction of the Inquisitor Merrick Darbeloff. That's a false claim, Archlector. He chased after us, and we offered to show him the truth and what we had been doing, and he came with us. He could have left any time of his own free will. Then where is he now? He said he was heading back. When we left him, he was with the Catreva in the Vale after an attack on them. From Mm -hmm. the enemy... Uh, He actually left. Mm -hmm. Remember, we had aided him in getting back to wherever he was going. Yeah, we wind-walked. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he said he was heading straight back to speak with his higher-ups, presumably you. Or whoever he reports to. I took notes of his times with us. So after you thought of him, you capped him on his way? Yes. Mm -hmm. After he came with us willingly to learn about the threat that is attacking you. And took good notes, I remember, scrolls of writing. Because we let him in everything. Oh yeah, I thought his writing, the important parts at least. He gave me regular updates. But you have no idea where he is currently then? If you saw his writings, where is he? Precisely my question. I don't like that. We left it on friendly terms with Darby, Archlector. We were heading straight to the Shadowfell. Why? Is Speak he... to me about this grander machinations. You don't have to if you want to do it in real Long time. Story. You can summarize, but let me know what you're going to let out or like put in. I guess we would say like we have gathered that the enemy that's raising the dead is somehow connected to the same threat with the war. Okay. And so we one, one mind flare led us to the Fey, the next one led us to the Fell. Um, do we need to give him details about the Fell? Like I the Raven Queen and stuff? Raven Queen Not the Raven Queen, Queen, but... Just that we searched the Shadowfell and eventually found the Mind Flayer, beat him, took his journal, went back, had that deciphered. With the hopes of returning in time to kill the third to stop Don Dead Scourge and did not make it in time. Hence why now we are researching and for those that are infiltrating and causing chaos and war. Okay. So you are spilling the beans about your involvement with the Mind Flayers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the undead scourge. Mm-hmm. But you guys just mentioned mind flares several times, so I'm assuming mm-hmm. you're yep. piping in like you did here. Oh, yeah. Things mm-hmm. too. And I would even say, like, and you know that mug came from the first mind flare, or so I understand from our file. Yeah, I guess I didn't mean I didn't mean to leave that out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, sure. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've just talked about it so much that I was like, I didn't mention. Realize for me. I'm always... No, 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 that makes sense. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, like, yeah. So we wouldn't have mentioned Okay. After your, I would guess that would take a good 15, 20, 30 minutes to, mm-hmm. to tell, though, mm-hmm. more or less, especially because he'll ask questions, but... Um, I'm not going to try to... I, 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 you guys, are, I'm not going to make sure... You're not, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, we were, like, best friends with, like, Titania, Queen Titania. Or no, the Queen. yeah. Sure, I get that. But mm-hmm. the big thing to me was... After this time... Yeah, so, like, we got the journals, we deciphered the journals. We don't tell them how we deciphered the journals, we just do. 
Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You might ask some questions and you guys can tiptoe around that if you want. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big butt, that's, that's enough. So after that, <laughs> but you, now your lips are getting a little bit partially pitted and drinking anything in a while. Mm-hmm. He uh, drinks from a cup on his thing with some of it dribbling down his lips that seem to not quite work right. Looks you all. Fifth Inquisitor, Darbeloth, do you concur with all of these statements that these three have made? And you hear a familiar voice from behind you say, I do, Archdoctor, with every word that they said. Much of it I did not know myself, um, but the components in which I, I was involved, they have very dutifully recounted precisely. As you know, my time with the Katreva was very enlightening, and this threat that they mention is one that I have spoken to you at, at length about. Yes, yes, yes. Ah. Go back, Mac. Here, footsteps. Not the door opening, closing. Like he must have been there the whole time. But again, maybe he walked in with them. You don't know, so you can't can't see. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's always there. Maybe he's your best friend. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> he goes ah. And finally. The fire still storm. Wanted man for abandoning his post in the Legion of the Dead. How do you plead to this, Commander? I guess guilty, Archlector. No more high ground. No vigilante justice, just guilty of abandoning your post, which comes with a death sentence. <clears throat> My duty was done. We had taken the pass we were ordered to take. I honestly didn't think I was going to survive, but didn't see no reason to go back. You left your book half written left it on a table for another to finish the pages. Do you two know with whom you cavort? Kind of smiles again, that grotesque grin. Teeth that now that you have talked to him enough, you're sure were ripped out of his face at some point in time. This dwarf that you have made your bond with, do you know who he truly is and what he has done? Oh, has he told you of his grand military career and that he was taking a break from their front line? Was he honorably discharged after a job? Well, done. Tell them, Urfaya Steel Storm, of your true greatness. Tell them where you were from the ripe young age of 18 to 22, of those far good years in his majesty's service. 
the floor is yours. Well, <clears throat> coming from nothing, I suppose I had to sign up with whatever unit the great union of Agarstone would take me for. They sent me off to the dead. Grand institution the king brought back that enslaves people to work for him during times of war. Criminals and death threats. It's all a matter of opinion, isn't it, Arch Lecter? No. No, but to go on. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Speaking here! <laughs> um. From there, Commander Godot pushed through what we were supposed to take as the Pilgrim's Pass. We slew enemies like goblins and gnolls without losing a single man. Best unit in your whole goddamn military, if you ask me. I didn't. Why am I talking? Anyways, we reached the end of it, and we came across an enemy like we had never seen before. These orcs were different than other ones. They were well-trained, they were organized, they were smart. And in war, one thing led to another, and we ended up, well, getting bloody. And we lost our commander, so I took charge. And I led the men back to report their time was done. Or did you lose him? charge a void in the power let me check my notes as you so prodigiously claim or perhaps you can just refresh my memory what happened to commander Ephraim Godot I killed him oh. that, that's right I see that here now So I took on his debt to see the job done, right? So I recruited new dead, and we headed back out. Good men, dark men, men who didn't mind getting their hands dirty. And we did a better job than anyone had ever seen. We cut through them like they were nothing. Nothing could stand in our way. Pilgrim's path, drenched in red. Well, by the end of it, we came to a monster in his own right, the leader of the orcs, who defeated me and took me as prisoner. And he showed me that I'd just wasted the last four years of my life covering myself in blood for no fucking reason, because they are not our enemy. Speak more. It sets his quill up. As you begin to speak, it begins to turn right when you say. <clears throat> These barbaric tribes, as we call them, used to live peacefully where they were. But something, someone, gathered them under an iron fist to turn them against the Union and the West. Right? West? Yeah. 
so Ugo proposed. Ugo. Ash Ugo. That's the chief's name. Ah. He proposed that if his people could come through the Pilgrim's Pass, we would not need to fight. They could reach safety from the forces that were conscripting them, for lack of a better phrase. And they would tell us anything that we could possibly learn about this new enemy who hides in the shadows so well. But as much schemes of men, it didn't go as planned. Cormac McTeer, captain of the Sons of Red Jack, a mercenary under the, can- the Crown's command, I believe. And one of Ashugo's own betrayed us. And in the confusion, it fell into nasty bloodshed. And when I came to, I was miles away. I don't know how long it had been, but I survived the night, and I was found by a kind traveler who took me in. It took years to recuperate, to learn to walk, to do things again, but I did it. And I figured there's nothing worth going back for. The orcs were dead. The sons were dead. The dead were dead. But the past was clear. Job done. Bring him in. Doors open up. You hear his footsteps behind you. Chains clanging. Gokta looks between you two at a figure. You're not, not sure. You there. What is your name? You hear? Thalus? Thalus, sir. <laughs> well, Thalus, you served in the Thunder Red Jack, did you not? Yes, you are. That feminist? Go on to 
come forward. And two guards come in, and there's a... Uh, if it's possible, I would like to say the room just got a slightly bit chillier. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in, um, so on your, I guess, your, your side, comes a figure squared by two guards. Uh, Wait, am I in the middle? No, it's the like this. Yeah, okay, that's why, okay, there we go. Thank you. It's um, easy. Yeah, comes <laughs> and um, in shackles, not the bar like you guys have, just plainer, um, simpler ones, um, comes a, a boy that can't be more than 25, which, to be fair, in this day, day and age is, is barely a man. Barely a man. He's <laughs> older than two of us. <laughs> Wait, how old are you? I'm like 22, 23. Oh, shit, I forget about the bunch right. of kids. Yeah. But, but I'm still a kid. daycare still <laughs> has a very... um more. more compasses are so crazy. Guard <laughs> and young face to him, and maybe he seems younger because of the quivering way that he is right now, and the twi- twitches that he kind of has, and the, the, the stammer that he has. And, uh, Galactus, look upon the dwarf. Looks at... You do not recognize... I, I can't say for sure your minutes. That's fine, Thalith. Why don't you tell us the story? I know you have a good tale to tell. You did it once. You can do it again. Sir, ah, but do it with all the fanfare you did before. It was so wonderful. He smiles that smile you wish I had to see. We'll take our break. Right there. Break and point. Mm.